Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here's Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star be like joining that, the show. <laughs> Blair, I just cut off my son. I apologize. How are you? I'm good. Hope you guys are doing okay. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, it's always, as I said, it's always uh, informative to get you on the show. And uh, I'm curious about several of your opinions and thoughts, but I want to start with the che- uh, with the Royals because it sounds like the, the downtown ballpark has suddenly kind of caught fire, the notion of it, uh, down uh, close to uh, the downtown arena. I don't know what, what the name of that place is. T-Mobile Center. There you go, the T-Mobile Center. Uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about that at this point? Well, in the, the the area that they're talking about was the old Kansas City Star printing press. So um, a, a two-block structure, that's a glass structure across I-70 from from the T-Mobile Center. So, look, I, I think it's that would have that was an idea that was part of the original plan when there were more than two options. When when there were multiple options, they talked about that site, and that's the one that had me most excited because you didn't have to build an entertainment district around it. It, It's already there. The power and light district, it's basically between the power and light district and the crossroads district. If people know downtown Kansas city, those are the basically two entertainment areas, bars and restaurant areas in, in downtown. So I like that idea. I, I would love to see that become the site for a new downtown ballpark. If, they're going to move from Kauffman Stadium. So that's that's picked up steam, too, the idea of, well, wh- why are we moving in the first place? We've got this great ballpark, and do we really need a new one for, for the future? So you're right, Bob. It, it's been all of a sudden it's it's back on the radar screen and part of the conversation right in the middle of, a, of, of what's been an outstanding football season around here. So I guess I'll ask that question. Why do – the Royals need uh, a new stadium. What would be the argument uh, for that from proponents of it? And do you think it's uh, potentially followed by a, a, a longer run of competitive competitiveness from the Royals than we've seen? Yeah, well, that, that goes hand in hand, Jeff. The, John Sherman, the owner, uh, primary owner, CEO of, of the organization, says, the Royals need the new ballpark for the revenue streams, for uh, for payroll to be competitive in in the uh, in the AL Central. So I don't I don't know. Look, I he, he knows better than I do what it's going to take to be competitive. Um, uh, the the money that would come from a, a Royals controlled entertainment district is what he is you know, he's planning on. And uh, and so that that, you know, if, if that's what it takes to to have the type of payroll the Royals need to be competitive, then I'm not you know, I can question it. But he knows better than I do 
that's what it takes. My argument is um, you can maximize, you can do a better job maximizing your revenue potential with a good ball club, no matter where it's played. And, uh, you know, if you, if you averaged, you know, two and a half to three million fans a year, whether that's at a downtown ballpark or at Kaufman, then you should have the revenue to support a payroll to, to be competitive. Problem for the Royals is they haven't been at that kind of attendance since, you know, since the 14, 15, 16 teams, you know, and, um, and so it's a, also kind of a little bit of a chicken and egg. Do you, do you invest in a team to make it better or do you wait for the team to get better to have the revenues to, you know, invest in a team to keep it playing at a high level? So it's, um, it's interesting. It's good off season stuff. And, uh, and, and if, listen, if the Chiefs were not competitive, if college football around here wasn't any good, it would be more of a front burner issue. Instead, it's, it's the, oh, by the way, the Royals are making some news this week, too. Well, I, I'm going to switch player to the Chiefs because I'm a little more interested in them right now. Um, obviously, big game on Monday night this week. Um, How did they come off the bye? Are the injuries good? And uh, what, what's been said this week about uh, about facing the Eagles? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the Super Bowl rematch, some people call it Super Bowl 57 and a half. Um, Chiefs are in good shape. Uh, and we talked to Andy Reid today for the first time, really, in, in almost two weeks. And nobody on the injury list uh, that wasn't there before the previous game against Miami, which is to say – Linebacker Nick Bolton won't play. He's on the he's he's on the IR and will be out with a well, it's a wrist uh, a dislocated wrist. A wrist is healing, so they're they're in really good shape for this game. Um, I think better than the Eagles. Dallas Goddard, their tight end, probably won't play um, for Philadelphia. I, I think uh, a lot of you know, as is always the case during a bye week, a lot of self reflection and. You, try to get better at the things that, uh, that, that troubled you in the first half of the season. And there's a, you know, on the offensive side, there's a, quite a list of that for the Chiefs, you know, short yardage and deep passes and all, all kinds of issues on offense. However, they're, they're seven and two, uh, <coughs> excuse me, played, you know, picked up a win over the Dolphins. You know, they played, if, if the season ended today, the first half of the schedule included four playoff teams, the Lions, the Vikings, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Dolphins. And the Chiefs beat three of them. And the one they didn't beat, they didn't have Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones on the field uh, in, in that Detroit game. So I think the Chiefs like where they are. They're sitting well. These are the two best records in football going at each other on Monday night, game of the year. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Blair Kirkhoff with us from the Kansas City Star. I want to ask you a little bit about the Chiefs as well because I'm intrigued by them. They've kind of changed their stripes uh, this season. They're more reliant on their defense, maybe less reliant on their offense. Uh, Patrick Mahomes still having, uh, still has very, very good numbers, but not not the numbers we've seen from Patrick Patrick Mahomes previously. So I'm going to ask you to jump ahead. Uh, what what about the future for the Chiefs? Do they try to get back to that explosive offensive game to lead the way, or are they satisfied kind of letting their defense play a more prominent role? Well, I think, Bobby, I think it's going to depend on how much Mahomes trusts his receivers. Um, that, that, to me, has been the big issue in the first half when it comes to the offense. Uh, how much does he trust a Sky Moore, a Kadarius Toney, 
uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. What's uh, there have been times in the first half of the season where those guys would be open and Mahomes wouldn't throw it to them because I, I just don't think the the trust factor is there. Or he'll force a pass to to Kelsey that'll get intercepted because he didn't go the other way. It's a little, you know, it's just a little strange to see, and we're not used to seeing it. And that's why some of Mahomes' numbers are down. His touchdowns, touchdown percentage, his uh, yards per game, all that's down. So, <coughs> excuse me, guys. Um, sorry about that. Um, it's, it's just a, you know, it, it's just a matter of him trusting his receivers, and um, and, and and I think. The, the Chiefs used the bye week to help in that regard. I, I think there was a lot of work between Patrick Mahomes and his wideouts, just like there was in the preseason. And uh, I'm going to be interested to see what the snap counts are and what the targets are for players like I just mentioned, you know, in addition to the Justin Watsons and Rashi Rices um, and, and Travis Kelsey's going forward. So I want to ask you about uh, KU basketball. Uh, we saw him beat Kentucky. Uh, seems like after some of the transfers and they lost Arterio Morris, who they had in from the transfer portal, they're pretty thin depth-wise. I know that's not usually a problem for Bill Self and KU. Do um, you think it will end up being, you know, when we talk about problems with KU, it's all very relative. But is that something that could become a, a somewhat of an issue down the road? Yeah, that's, you're right. First-world problems with KU basketball. Um, but what a great game for them to to be down for much of it and, you know, come back from the, what, the early second-half deficit that was double digits, only to have Kentucky go back up ahead by six late and then for Dwan Harris to make the two big threes. I thought a really good comeback win for, for Kansas, and it showed what a, a veteran team this is. I, I don't I don't know. I just think the one thing that that game showed is the freshmen, for the most part, aren't ready yet. You know, the Elmarco Jacksons and a couple of the others, Timberlake. And I, I think it's going to take a little while for those guys to develop. But what a, what a good group to develop behind. I mean, it, to have, you know, McCuller and, 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 um, and Hunter and, uh, and Dewan Harris and, and K.J. Adams, <coughs> I, I think they're going to – they've got a great nucleus of veteran guys, more so than a lot of – teams in college basketball. So, yeah, I, I think they're I think they're going to be in great shape. I was really impressed with Kentucky in that game, to be honest with you. For, for their young guys to play as well as they did and to almost pull it off would have been a great victory for Calipari. But in the end, it was just the, the experience of Kansas that, uh, that found a way to get it done in a, in a really high-level game to be played this early in the season. Well, I, I want to just shift a little bit to the K-State-Kansas game coming up. How do you see that? And I guess more importantly, what's going on with the Kansas quarterback situation? Yeah, as we're all trying to find out if Jason Bean's going to play for, for KU. Um, the, the Kind of the, the whisper, the late whisper this week is that he is going to play. So that, that certainly would help Kansas in, in this game. Look, I think it's fantastic that you get the team's ranked in some poll i guess it's the college football playoff poll but first time since 95 both teams would have been ranked when they play each other and um that's just great for the for the state and for this rivalry and 
really good for the Big 12 going forward, I think, because these, with these two coaches, you know, you just can trust that they're, they're going to have their programs in good shape and, the, and whatever the landscape of college football looks like going forward. But, but no, um, yeah, yeah if, if Jason Bean's playing, then I, I think Kansas will, uh, will be competitive in this game, and I'd shave a couple of points off the line. Last I saw it was a seven-and-a-half-point uh, favorite role for, for K-State in here. But, uh, but you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see. It's one of, the, one of the fascinating aspects of this game is having Sean Snyder on the other sideline, right? Uh, Bill Snyder's son, uh, who works with the KU special teams now. And I know he's had some conversations with the players about what this rivalry has meant historically to K-State. <laughs> And, and, and how that you got to transfer that emotion uh, over to KU. So I'm I'm really fascinated to see how this one's going to play out. One more question for you, Blair. Take a drink of water, and I'll uh, I'll I'll extend some time here. <laughs> but I am curious to know. You mentioned the landscape of college football. It seems to be headed uh, toward power, 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 and especially in the SEC and the Big Ten. So when those schools have coaches' openings, uh, we both know how attractive Lance Leipold uh, is to that uh, situation, and also Chris Kleiman. How how realistic is it? And I I know K State and KU fans probably want to choke me before I even ask the question, but how realistic is it for them to hold on to these guys for the long term? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and we we talk a lot about that. Um, and the way I look at it, Bob, is, you know, the, the SEC and the Big Ten have already started to separate themselves financially, and that gap's just going to continue to grow. And so, you know, if you're a coach in the ACC, you know, assuming it's not Florida State or Clemson or in the Big 12, I mean, are you automatically attracted to a job in the Big Ten or in the SEC? I hope not in the case of climate and Leipold. I I don't think you can ever never say never, but those two coaches seem to be uh, about where they are. They they really everything they say, everything they do has been about you know where they are right now. And I really don't see Kleiman ever leaving K State. And I'm going to take Lance Leipold at his word that he says he's made his last move as a coach. And you know why would you? Why would you leave Kansas for Michigan State right now? I, the, Kansas can pay Lance Leipold enough money and his staff enough money to to keep that, you know, to keep him happy there. So I, I just don't think we're going to see them move off anytime soon. Good stuff. We enjoy having you on the show every time you come on. Thank you so much, Blair. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about the choked upness. We'll uh, we'll do better next time. <laughs> You're thinking about Taylor guys. and Travis, aren't Thank you? you. <laughs> Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star with us as uh, we talk a variety of subjects. And that's the thing about Blair. I've been with him so many times in the past. And you gather and you just uh, talk about anything. He's yep, got he knows it all. great insight on everything. And that's uh, why he's such a good guest here.